This is WFO Radio. If I could have your attention here in the media center, we are now joined by Jeff Andrews for winning team, Hendrick Motorsports, and Scott Maxim, the director of powertrain for Hendrick Motorsports. Big day for not only do you win the Cookout Southern 500 with Kyle Larson, but the 500th National Series win for Hendrick Engines. Jeff, how big of an accomplishment is that? For uh, it's an absolutely amazing to uh, think back. You know, I was just on the phone with Mr. Hendrick a few minutes ago, and I, I asked, did you ever think all those years ago when, when you went to see Randy Dorton in this, this small kind of really what was a tin shed, um, what is at, at the top of motorsports now in the buildings at uh, Harry Hyde on there, but did, did he ever think that, that we would be sitting here talking about 500 wins that would, would have started there? It's, it's, it's really incredible. So many amazing um, people along the way that have you know, fostered that program. Of course, Randy Dorton started that from, from the ground up and, and hired so many of us, including Scott and myself. Many, many years ago, it's obviously a testament to, uh, you know, Mr. Hendrick and, and Randy's vision of the, of the partnership that they started there together all those years ago. Scott, you've got to take a tremendous amount of pride in this accomplishment, as much work as you put into these engines. I sure have, and uh, really a contribution. Uh, thinking about this, it gives a time for reflection. Uh, thinking back to all the uh, men and women and the teams and drivers that have contributed to uh, to those 500 wins. Um, you know, we had the uh, uh, good fortune to be able to speak to uh, Mr. Hendrick yesterday, and he, uh, he spoke of looking up there into turn one, and he said, you know, 1976, um, you know, I, I came here with, um, with Linda, Mrs. Hendrick, and uh, they snuck in and sat in the grandstands and watched the race, and to think that... Um, you know, we would be here at Darlington for this weekend, uh, such a historic track, and have an opportunity to, uh, to get 500 engine wins and think about how for him, how, how much uh, contribution he had, uh, as Jeff said, with his vision and commitment uh, to us. Uh, is, um, it's just uh, really fitting to be able to be here. We really wanted to be able to of course, first off, we want to technically have a strong race, and then we want to be able to certainly have our teams have a, be in a position for good points and an opportunity to win. So really, you know, above and beyond that, uh, you know, we feel very fortunate that we, uh, we were able to get 500 here this weekend at such a historic track. We're going to open the floor up for questions. If you have a question, please raise your hand. We'll get a wireless microphone to you. Do we have any questions? We're going to go... Here at the front with John. All, all your questions should go to Scott. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. <laughs> John Newby, NBC Sports. So, Jeff, Kyle said during his post-race pit road interview that, you know, he's hard on himself, but having Cliff is good for his mind because it kind of just gets him back in the game. Can you provide a little bit more details about that relationship and how Cliff keeps him, you know, focused and calm when other people are making such major mistakes? Yeah, well, certainly a tremendous amount of respect there between, uh, you know, Cliff and Kyle. And, and I know that they've um, been working really hard. All of Hendrick Motorsports has been, been working really hard. It's, uh, you know, no secret we've not been where we wanted to have be, uh, been here through the summer months. And uh, a lot of work's been, been going on. And, you know, when you look at that team, I, I think, you know, in their history and, 
you know, some of the key moments. If you look back at, you know, Charlotte a couple years ago and what they went through, you know, to come back and win the 600, those two guys believe in each other. And uh, when it gets time, this time of year, and it's all on the line and it's time to go, um, you know, there's a bond and a belief in each other there that I think is, is very special in, in this sport. So I, I know there was a lot of conversations this week uh, between the two of them, um, you know, about getting to a point and finishing races off and, and believing in each other. And, um, you know, I think you saw that today. There were certainly opportunities there during the race, um, you know, when, when teams and cars kind of came and went pretty typical Darlington and uh, you know it, it's such just an epic race here uh, 500 miles and things come and go and get thrown at you and uh, obviously Cliff's just a great leader on top of the pit box and and keeps Kyle and his team engaged do we have any additional questions We're going to continue our post-race press conference here for the Cookout Southern 500. We're joined by our winning crew chief, Cliff Daniels. Cliff, uh, five car tonight, uh, historic win for Hendrick Motorsports, the 500th win uh, with the engine program. Uh, how important was it for you to to bring home that uh, that honor for Hendrick Motorsports? Yeah, that's a uh, <clears throat> that's a big honor for our whole whole company and. You know, for us to bring it home, uh, it's such a special race. It's really cool. Big thanks to everybody back at the shop, um, certainly engine shop. That's uh, that is a huge milestone, a huge accomplishment for them. Um, so yeah, many many congrats. Okay, we're gonna open the floor up for questions. If you have a question? Raise your hand. We'll get a wireless mic to you. We'll start here with John. John Newby, NBC Sports. What was it that you told Kyle after he you know got stuck in neutral and hit the wall? Because he made a point to mention how good you are for his mind I, I don't remember exactly what I would have told him then um, other than at that point of the race there was really going to be no um, I don't know there, there was going to be no retreating from what that was going to do to our car and you know the balance of our car being a little bit off from there so it was one of those things you just kind of had to accept it and move forward and uh, you know keep making adjustments around that he did a good job to kind of refocus his mind and not get discouraged and and obviously did a great job the last you know 30 or 40 laps then can you talk a little bit about the role that you play just kind of as that calm presence <laughs> yeah he uh he and i you know our, our relationship has grown a lot over the last handful of years as it as it should and um you know the way our year has gone it's been easy to get discouraged at times and and i've tried to uh you know be there to help uh you know kind of twofold help keep him accountable when when we need to and uh and and be his biggest supporter and biggest cheerleader because uh we, we all know he has the talent and um you know when when he gets out front and, and he executes a good restart and does all the things that we know he can do. He's uh, he's dynamite. So um, he, he was awesome. We'll go to Alex, then to Lee, then to Jerry. Alex Etlow of the Charlotte Observer. Cliff, um, you and Kyle had a really emotional win at Martinsville earlier this year, another racetrack where you have kind of been beating your head against the wall, then you finally come up and win. Uh, how does tonight kind of compare to that one? Tonight was huge for both of us. Um, I've been with uh, Jimmy and Chad here before where, you know, we've had great cars and been close to getting it done. I wasn't on the 2012 uh, winning Jimmy and Chad team. I, I came on shortly after that, and um, we've had a lot of heartbreak here. You know, in, in, in my times past, had some heartbreak here when I was Jimmy's crew chief. Kyle, when he was in the 42, had a lot of heartbreak here. Um, plus, really, the way the last two or three years have gone for, you know, Kyle and I together on the five team. Um, 
that this track, this race has been circled on our calendar for a long time. It's a, it's a, you know, very uh, special race for the sport. Obviously, it's a, it's a crown jewel. It's a milestone, you know, race if if you can get it done. So. Um, it made it very, very special for us tonight. I, I don't really know how to rank it, but knowing knowing the emotion that's kind of led us to this moment, uh, definitely special. Lee Spencer, CatchFence.com. This isn't a gotcha question, so don't take it this way. But Kyle said during media day that when they first paired you two together, he wasn't he didn't think he wanted a crew chief like you. And now he said he wouldn't want anybody else. What did you have to do to get him to buy into what you were selling? Yeah, I mean, he and I have had conversations about that. And I would say, I don't know. I, I think at the time he probably didn't think I had a ton of experience. And, you know, by the time he was, uh, he and I were paired together, I think I had been a crew chief for a year or two. And he had been in the, in the sport for, you know, seven or eight years. So I, I think he probably thought it was probably an unlikely pairing, which is totally fair to say. And, um, you know, we had to, to build our relationship and build our trust. And, and, you know, trust is obviously the foundation for any relationship. And, you know, there's nobody else that I would trust more than him behind the wheel of our car. And, and he's learned to trust me and, and the way that uh, our team operates, the way we communicate and, and work together. So, um, you know, that, that's definitely a, a special relationship that we have and, and really that our whole team has. Yep. Go next to Jerry, then to Matt. Jerry Jordan, kicking the tires on net. Um, are you surprised at the the, the problems that other uh, of the top drivers had tonight, and and how does that help you guys in your planning for races now that you're kind of into the next round? I don't know that anyone really, you know, watching tonight would be surprised by the issues, and and we certainly could have fallen victim to that at any point. Um, you know, you're you're really playing on the ragged edge and on pit stops, uh, of a tire being on right and not, and and we know how you know critical the time on pit road is, uh, especially when it's so hard to pass on the racetrack. So proud of our pit crew tonight for the way they executed. Um, we didn't start the race super strong on pit road, and and knew the guys had it in them, and and they were really strong at the end. Um, and, and then as far as what you're, you know, you're asking for planning moving forward, uh, the way we see it as a team is we're still behind on playoff points. You know, we got five tonight, but um, when they reset, you know, to the next round, we're still going to be a, a little bit behind in the reset. So we've got some catching up to do. And uh, we're, we're, you know, certainly grateful to have this win and, and going to take this momentum and build on it. But uh, we, we've still got we still got a bit of a deficit that, that we created with our season that we've got to overcome, and, and that's the way we see it. So there's more points and wins out there to go get, and, and that's on us to go do it. Go next to Matt. Matt Weaver, sportsnot.com. Um, you've now had the good fortune of winning Coke 600, uh, Cup Championship race, now a Southern 500. We often talk about drivers winning kind of these marquee races. Do you categorize your, your own success on top of the pit box in that way and winning these marquee events? I don't have a good answer because I don't know that uh, I don't know that I have time to think about it that way, and, and I think it's a totally fair question. Um, I, I think the way that uh, you know I, I operate, you know, with our team and the way he and I operate together, um, we always want to win the next one. And and knowing how how long it took us both to get this win, it makes this win very special. And obviously, all the other you know points that you just made there. Um, so I don't want to understate it at all, but uh, wh while we're in the position that we're in where, you know, we, we can go compete and compete at a high level, we've just got to go keep knocking them down. And I, I certainly hope to be able to, uh, you know, look back and, and, and rank them and enjoy them one day. And uh, no, again, I, I would just say 
how tough it is to get a, a race like this one or the Coke 600 or whatever. Um, that certainly does make him special, to your point. And then you mentioned the, the points deficit that you guys had kind of created. How how do you guys either lose momentum, gain it back? Is it kind of the, the inherent randomness of this car? Like, can you take this win, and does it mean anything at all moving forward? It, it's hilarious if you plot the finishing, uh, just the, the five-car finish from all the races this year, it's a perfect heartbeat. So <laughs> we had zero momentum all throughout the year. You know, at any point, we would, we would win, finish 30th. You know, run second, finish 30th. Break from the lead, finish 30th. And it was just like that all year long. Um, so I, I guess what I'm getting at is, is from a team building perspective, uh, we had to really focus in on ourselves and learning the lessons in the moment that we needed to learn from some adversity that, that we created um, or, or just overcoming some of the challenges that were thrown our way uh, and, and really set ourselves up to just have that, um, you know, have that resilience within the team and, and kind of have that steady mind within the team so that if we ever had the good fortune to have a, you know, top five day going again and we could close it out, that we're ready to, to do that. So um, we've been knocked around a bit this season, but uh, we're battle tested and we're going to keep marching forward. And we are now joined by the winning driver, the 74th Cookout Southern 500, Kyle Larson. Uh, we're going to continue on with questions. We're going to go to Jordan Bianchi and we'll go to Steven. Uh, Jordan Bianchi, the athletic. This is for Cliff. This is kind of a follow-up to Matt's question, but there's two ways to look at your regular season, right? You look at it and you say you had all the DNFs and the inconsistencies, et cetera, et cetera, or you also had you love the series in top five finishes. So I'm curious, what do you pull from that? Do you mean do you try to look be half glass full, half glass empty, or you know, and, and what does that mean for the playoffs and how you kind of plan forward? Yeah, I mean, I think we we had to look at it very realistically. Um, and so here's what I mean by that. E even when we had the DNFs or the 30th place finishes, typically that came from running in the top five. Um, so it gets very discouraging by the time you're on your second or your third, you know, wave or cycle of the up and the down. Um, and, and so we've had to very much call it like it is. I certainly, you know, made a few mistakes calling races this year. He's made mistakes behind the wheel. Our pit crew's made mistakes on pit road, on and on and on. We've had to, to find the right ownership in, in that of, of how to hold each other accountable and, and still build and learn from that and, you know, kind of uh, kind of group ourselves, you know, together tighter through that. Um, and, and again, now going into the playoffs, there's still so many different things that can happen, um, especially with the next gen car, so many different variables, uh, the way these races played out or play out than what was a few years ago. So um, our mission is to take all the lessons that we learned from the good and the bad. And, and every week we've just got to put our best foot forward. Uh, Owen, I think he's fourth. Start. It's the, just the dash right now in cycling. He started fourth. He's running sixth. We're gonna Steven and the Pete. Uh, Steven Stump, Frontstrip.com. I got a question for Kyle, then a question for both you guys. So, you'd let Kyle. You'd led over 700 laps at this track without a win heading into it. Um, it's a 500 miles at Darlington, one of the majors. Does this feel sweeter than other wins, um, given the prestige and how close you guys were, especially come, starting from 18th, the lowest at Darlington since 2011? Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it just it feels really good, honestly, just to to get a win and, and finally win at this track. Um, like you said, you know, we've led lots of laps here. So I mean, to lead lots of laps here, you have to be good. You know, at a number of different races through the, through the different years, but. Um, <clears throat> yeah, this is just a, a track that I really enjoy, suits my style, and, um, you know, just haven't, haven't won yet here. So it was good to, uh, to do it today. You know, I knew we were going to have a, 
a good car. We just didn't qualify as good as we had hoped and honestly drove through the field way better than I thought that I would. And um, they did a really good job on the you pit sequences to cycle us in front of people. And then from then on, you kind of just try to manage your race. And um, Denny was really good too. So he was going to be hard to beat without his you mishap. But uh, once whatever happened to them happened, you kind of opened the door for a few more guys to, to possibly win. And you know, we kept ourselves in the game enough to uh, to get it done. You know, I got in the wall some point in the third stage and then um, you kind of had to nurse it to the next pit stop and then things just worked out. Your team executed when we needed to. And then the second question for both of you guys is that this is now win number 299 for Hendrick. 300 is up next. How important would it be for you guys to be the ones to get that milestone? Um, <clears throat> honestly, I mean, sure, I think all four of us, you would want to be the one to do it. But but really, you know, I, I think 300 is just a, you know, super big number. So I think for me, I'm going to be just as happy to see, you know, William, Chase, or Alex win, you know, number 300 for Rick as I would be for myself to win. Um, you know, I think when you, which Rick has already stamped himself in this sport as the greatest car owner of all time, um, to reach another milestone like 300, it's just, uh, that's a, that takes a, a whole team you know, throughout decades and decades. So, um, you know, number 300 as a whole means more than, you know, me winning it or any us individual person winning. So I hope we can, one of us four can do it next week. And, um, you know, I guess that means Rick will be at the track every week now until we, <laughs> until we win. So, um, we'll look forward to having him there. Yeah. Well said by him. And I, <clears throat> you know, I would just add that, um, when, when you think about the Hendrick 300 wins, you think about the 90, however many from Jeff and the 80 something from Jimmy and, and all the people that, you know, with Rick built our company and the history that it is. So I, I agree with him. I don't, yes, we would love to have it just for the little bit of bragging rights in the moment, but then next will be 350 and 400 and all those things for, uh, you know, for Mr. H. So um, it's just, it's amazing to be a part of a company like this and, and you know, the, the leadership that Mr. Hendrick has to, to all of us and to the company is uh, really special. So to get that for him would be uh, be pretty awesome. All right. Thank you. Pete? Uh, hey, hey, Pete Iacobelli with the Associated Press. Um, for both of you, another company question. Uh, it could have been a little disappointing around the shop when Chase and Alex don't get into the playoffs, but yet, you know, you guys come out here, you win. William finishes fourth. It's a strong start for, you know, wherever you guys are going to wind up in this uh, chase. That's got to say something about the resiliency and, and what the the direction of, of this program is. Yeah, no doubt. And, and all four teams are working really well together uh, right now. And the one thing that I would, would add, because we were in this position last year, the nine team is still very well in, in the playoffs for the owners, you know, championship was a huge deal to Mr. H. Um, I know that Chase and Allen are going to fight tooth and nail to make that happen. And, and I know they had a good day today. Um, so, so there's a bit of, you know, uh, I don't know, excitement around that, you know, having three cars in and uh, Alex was well on his way to a top 10 or maybe even a top five finish tonight. A Alex had a great race going and, and he and Blake have been working really hard this year. So, um, yeah, the way we're all working together and, and the way Mr. H, you know, just keeps keeps it on the rails and, and keeps us going, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Trent? Trent with French, Trent Warshaw with FrenchRace.com. Uh, kind of going off of what you said about working well together with everybody, um, you mentioned coming back, uh, he mentioned uh, coming back from deep in the field to win this race, and William Byron also had a deep starting position and was able to 
come through the field and for a great position as well. Um, how much information is actually shared between you guys now as a team, you know, with, with this being the playoffs and you guys also wanting to win it for yourselves, uh, but you still have teammates doing it as well? Yeah, we um, we have so many meetings every week where um, the crew chiefs are together and, and we talk through, you know, setups and strategy. The drivers are together. They talk through, you know, car sensations and, and you know, what, what expectations are for the next race of, you know, how to execute the race or whatever it may be. Um, and, and it's really the culture that Mr. H wanted to create. He wanted to create a culture where, uh, you know, we, we were very um, open and honest with each other. And, and we have some pretty private, you know, conversations as far as that goes. But it's it's the four teams together, you know, the four drivers, four crew chiefs, everybody working together. Um, and, and I truly believe without that strength of, of all of us being together and working together, um, you know, we wouldn't be as competitive as what we are. It, it takes all of us to keep it going. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's cool to be a part of. Next to Dustin. Uh, Dustin Long, NBC Sports. I have a question for both of you on that uh, situation at the last pit stop. And I want to ask for, for Kyle, your perspective is what did you see with, with Reddick and then with Harvick going down pit road in that moment? I know you, there was a lot going on and you pulled off, but can you take me through it from your point of view? And Cliff, how much uh, was that a game changer of, in its essence, eliminating Harvick? And then it's just, you know, between you and the 45 and who can win off pit road. Um, for me, was Harvick leading right then? Did he just get Redick to lead? Yeah, Reddick okay. was first. That's what I thought. And Harvick was second. And Harvick was <clears throat> called to pit road. And then Reddick was told to come down. And he, I guess, said he missed it because of the late call because they were trying to react to okay. Harvick. Yeah, so from, from my vantage point, you know, I was fourth. And, um, yeah, I mean, Harvick was really good that run and was close to Reddick. And then, you know, I saw we got the call. They called me into pit. Um, and I seen, you know, Harvick and William both pull down. So I was just going to follow them. It looked like Reddick was just, you know, going to have to pit the next lap, you know, got caught late. But um, <clears throat> then as I was pulling down, you know, I saw, I think, Newman spinning. So I was like, uh, I think I need to stay out. So I stayed out. And, um Thankfully, it worked out. I guess William was able to get back out um, before you know, committing to pit road. But I'm guessing Harvick, you know, being the you know so close, I, he probably didn't have any time to react to it. And um, yeah, it took him out. I mean, he would know more about what happened. But uh, for me, yes, it was pivotal because I went from now fourth to second in line. And then you, you have a good pit stop. You come out in the lead. There's 40 some laps left. You hopefully you can lead the rest of the race, and that's what happened. So um, yeah, it worked out for us. Yep, uh, pivotal, like you said. <clears throat> I mean, if we're being honest with ourselves, I think there was four or five cars that had they gotten the lead, you know, it's going to be hard to pass. Like, I think if we'd gotten in front of Denny, it would have been really hard for him to pass this. Harvick gets the lead. I don't think anybody passes him. I, I think the top four or five were very, very equal together, um, you know, just in the way the track position was kind of staging itself. Uh, so to your point, to have one less of those cars was was nice. Obviously, hate to miss fortune for those guys always enjoy racing with Rodney and Kevin but uh that was a big deal because it set us up to be second coming down pit road have a good pit stop come out with a lead um you know and then there's still a couple of good cars behind us just not quite as many go to Bob and then the Matt uh, Bob Parker is Fox Sports well for either you is there anything that should should the wheel should the rule be tweaked or is there anything that should you know because seem like Harvard I guess Harvick has the option to just drive down pit road without pitting but I'm curious if there's anything else that should be done in that situation or you got to have a line and 
there's got to be a rule, and sometimes you're just going to get bit. I mean, I think we've seen it play out so many times in in just these uh, you know these really intense moments um, over time in cup racing. I mean, I, I feel like I remember a couple years ago, a handful of years ago, Kyle Busch had something like that happen. I feel like it's happened to Carl Edwards before. Um, it's really, really tough. And and we talked about it before the race. Um, talked about it a lot with, with my engineers, and it's one of those things that if you're committed, you're committed. We know what the rule is, and unfortunately, if you elect to pit, then it is a penalty. Um, I don't have a great opinion other than we just know what it is. Matt? Matt Weaver, Sports Not for Kyle. Um, what stands out more to you in this moment, the fact that you've knocked another kind of crown jewel off the Southern 500 or the fact that you know that you advance in the playoffs and you've got another chance to win a championship again? Um, well, I mean, had I not won anyways, I feel like we would have a chance to win the championship. But, <clears throat> I mean, really, honestly, I, I'm, I'm happy to win at Crown Jewel, a place that you know we've been close to winning at, a place that we both have wanted to win at for a very long time. And then just to start the playoffs off good, um, I would have been you know, happy just to get a good, solid race in. So to, to win, it, it feels you know, obviously better, and, and I hope that we can just put multiple weeks together like we did today. Not necessarily win. I know we'll be capable of winning every race in the playoffs, but really I just want to put together solid races from start to finish, get stage points, you know, get some stage wins would be great, and then, you know, get some good finishes at the end of it. So, yeah, we were able to do that today, and um, it's been a long time since we put a, a full, full race together. So, um, yeah, I just want to build on that. On the, the crown jewel front, like, is this one that you're kind of aware of that has kind of eluded you and that you kind of circle and say, hey, I don't have Darlington or the 500 oh, yet, yeah. and I want that one? Yeah, definitely. I mean, this race only, all these crown jewels only come around once a year. So, you know, there's been lots of times where I've left here, you know, bummed out and sad that, you know, I had a good shot to win, and it just didn't work out. So <clears throat> I felt like I was going to have that feeling again today, you know, but um, you know, things were able to, to work out and, um, yeah, get get a, a really big win. I mean, and this is in the top three or four, you know, for the races, you know, crown jewel prestigious races of our season. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I, I think the only two I don't have would be the 500 and – you know, maybe the Brickyard 400 if it comes back to the to the Oval. So, um, yeah, you always want to win the big ones, um, but but really just winning a race, it, it feels good. Okay, we're gonna wrap with Jerry. Jerry Jordan, kickingthetires.net. Um, Cliff says you guys feel like y'all are behind a, a little bit on points, uh, but you know we were talking on Thursday. You wanted to focus on 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 each race, and does this give you a little bit of uh, you know, a relief though to to have the couple of weeks to 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 focus completely on points and not have to worry about you know advancing, so to speak. Um, no, I mean not. I I don't really feel any differently as far as that goes. Um, after win, you know, in 2021, we were winning. We won a race in each round. Um, maybe not the first race of every round, but still, you know, when you put together good races, you know, the points are going to take care of themselves and you're going to advance. So. Um, it doesn't take any pressure off. It doesn't take any focus away. It does to me, anyways. It doesn't. It doesn't give me a different goal. You know, I still just want to go and and run a good race from start to finish for nine more weeks. So, um, 
my mindset doesn't change at all. Um, sure, it's great to be locked in if you do have a mishap, but um, I don't. I don't plan on having a mishap. And also tonight, you uh, you got into the wall. A lot of people got in the wall. How hard was it to control the car? I mean, this track is known for that, but you know, you, you you bounced off of it pretty hard a couple of times. Yeah. No. I mean, I. The good thing with this car is that you can graze it some. Um, obviously, when you slap the wall, that's when things bend. I probably grazed the wall at least 20 times a night or more, all all in three and four. I got it a little bit into one once, um, but really only there was only two times where I thought that ooh, you know maybe it did some damage there. Um, the first time was there late in the you know or middle of the third stage. I just uh, I just didn't get a clean enough downshift, and it kind of hung into neutral between fourth and fifth, and stayed there for quite a while. And then it finally dropped into fifth as I was like close to the center of the corner and went to fourth. And then I was I was just lower off of the wall. And when you're lower, you know, when you're I watch you know broadcasts all the time, and people are like, you know, just give it some room, you know, just. Get off, you don't have to run right next to, well it you have a lot less grip when you don't run right next to the wall so I was a little bit off the wall because I had made the mistake on entry and then by the time I got to fourth it was already sliding and then I you know slapped the wall and then that's when I lost a bunch of time so um, I'm sure it's bent a little bit but uh, thankfully you know not not broke and we were able to to finish and, and still get a win well gentlemen congratulations on winning the 74th cookout southern 500 and we'll see you next week in Kansas this is WFO Radio. Yeah, welcome to the party. Bye, bye, bye. Subscribe to WFO Radio on iTunes. Never miss a show. And don't forget to write a review. WFO.